0: Welcome back to What the Fuck is Going On. This is episode 22. Today is Tuesday, December 21st. We have a great show for everybody. We're going to get into the shipping issues in the Red Sea. Yemen's Houthi rebels are attacking container ships. We're going to get into the groundbreaking decision in Colorado State Supreme Court barring President Trump from the GOP ballot. Maybe get into a little bit of Julian Assange news and much more. Let's get into it. big stuff today. I'm just going to cover a few of today's headlines. Again, Thursday, December 21st. Former New York City mayor and Trump campaign surrogate Rudy Giuliani has filed for bankruptcy after a judge awarded plaintiff suing him for defamation over $140 million in damages. A gunman in the Czech Republic is dead after killing 14 people and injuring 24 in a mass shooting at Charles University in Prague. In Argentina, thousands took to the streets to protest newly elected President Javier Malay's extreme reforms, and today was another strong day for the U.S. stock market. The Dow closed up 322 points, and the NASDAQ and S&P 500 closed one6 and 1.03% higher, respectively. Uh, before we get into the big stuff, I wanted to play this video that literally I could not stop laughing at. <laughs>
1: This one, I mean, you would think that this is a skit.
0: Uh, It's straight out of some SNL shit, honestly. Mr. Mayor, we've come to the end of what was a very eventful 2023, right? (laughs) So when you look at the totality of the year, if you had to describe it, and it's tough to do, in one word, what would that word be, and tell me why? Uh, New York. Uh, this First is a place where gone. every day you wake up, uh, you could experience everything from a plane crashing into our <laughs> trade center to
1: a, a person <laughs> who's celebrating a new business that's open.
0: Like, is he is he thinking to himself? Maybe I shouldn't have said that, or he's just going right. Into he doubled it, down like, on it today. Did it today? Yeah, he was like, anyone who's like criticizing me is evil. Like they'll just always find a reason to. Uh, to come at me like, no bro, you said maybe the stupidest thing anyone's ever yeah, said. Like
1: I mean, first of all, you just from a you know, drawing in tourists as it like if if you're thinking about pulling in money, you don't want to tell people like, Oh yeah, like any day you could wake up and then
0: I don't know, man. There is a budding disaster tourism industry. I don't know if you've heard of that. What? Oh people um, going to like Chernobyl and shit.
1: Yeah, but they go so there's like the well, I've heard of people going to um countries or locations that were just hit from, like, a terrorist attack, Because they're cheap flights. Because it's cheaper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but saying, like, you know, describe New York in, in one word. Well, New York. And then any day, you could just get a plane.
0: And and also, he asked him to describe 2023 in one word. And he right. used two words. <laughs> New York. Um, I And, like, I, I hesitate to call him an idiot, even though he is. Because um, I actually kind of like him. Yeah. Like, I, I think he's uh, not a great mayor but it's very difficult to be the mayor of new york it's like one of the hardest jobs in the world for sure and i think he's somewhat fair for like a democrat Mm. but yeah dumbass
1: i didn't hear him doubling down on it. i'd really like and i i'd be curious since he's such a prideful person to think like maybe he's just like well fuck i did it now i gotta yeah
0: stick to your guns yeah yeah well anyway i just wanted to play that because that made me (laughs) laugh but we're gonna move on to our I think the big story of today, or there's two big stories today. But the first one is in Yemen, um, the Houthi rebels, who are a Iranian-backed rebel group. They are, uh, they are Shiite. I don't, you know, the whole um, the hell yeah. is that? <laughs> Just fucking earthquake outside. Um, market exhaust. The yeah, the Houthi rebels are a Shiite. Um, sort of breakaway group of Islam. Like the whole, that conflict, you know, obviously the Middle East is a powder keg. Right. Um, So for some background, the Yemen has been engaged in a civil war since like the early 2010s. Um, The U.S. is backing Saudi Arabia who are funding Yemen's um, Sunni government Mm -hmm. who are fighting these Shiite rebels, the Houthis um and then in 2014 the houthis took Yemen's capital of Sanaa and there's been a huge hot war there for a while that never gets any coverage because the US is backing the people fighting the war instead of backing the people the rebels right um but those houthis are now engaging in missile and drone strikes from Yemen on ships going through the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden right which are um some of the ships are Israeli. Some of them are just carrier ships carrying goods to and from Israel, including, you know, oil and petrol products. Um, and U.S. Secretary of State Lloyd Austin has now announced Operation Prosperity Guardian, a multinational coalition of ten nations, with the aim of combating these attacks. Mm-hmm. The coalition is made up of the U.S., Great Britain, France, Italy, Canada, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, Bahrain, and Seychelles. Seychelles really like threw me off because it's just a little tiny nation, island nation.
1: Oh, I see it right
0: there, yeah. Right there. I have no idea what their capabilities are. It may be just because they're well-placed geographically. Yeah, for, probably. Um, but even before this announcement, the U.S. has already been stationing destroyers in the region to try and protect ships, these shipping routes, from the rocket attacks and drone strikes. But this move kind of signals a clear escalation. Um, A number of large... Um, shipping giants and, and petroleum giants have announced that they will be pausing shipments through the Red Sea because of increased attacks on these commercial vessels, including uh, Maersk and Evergreen, who are big shipping container companies, and BP, mm-hmm. as well as a few other oil giants. Um, and because of that, you know, instead of taking the very short route from, like if you're coming from Asia and going through, you go through the Red Sea, through the Gulf of Aden, and through the Suez Canal and then into the mer- Mediterranean and out into the U.S. Mm-hmm. Instead, now they have to go all the way around the Horn of Africa, which is adding up to 11 days to these right. ventures. Now, in 2021, an evergreen ship got stuck in the Suez Canal for six days. Right. Um, and it costed the world economy almost $10 billion a day, so almost $60 billion. Wow. Um, and I believe the number is something like 30% of global container ships go through the Suez Canal, mm-hmm. um, 10% of... of all global trade by value is affected by this. So this is like, and now of course the calls for ceasefire and stuff are getting a little bit more traction because fuck the lives of Palestinians. Like there's money in the line. Now we have to be uh, right. Yeah. uh, But, um, I think the, you know, the, what was I going to say? The, uh, what, um, always comes to mind for me when we talk about Yemen is that, uh, drone strike when Obama was president, Mm -hmm. uh, that, Killed a bunch of people at a wedding Right That like is sort of like Oh well if you're a liberal Like you love Obama But look like he's And you know We've been supporting We as in the US Have been supporting this war By arming Saudi Arabia and, and giving them munitions As well as Not necessarily on the ground But like Providing assistance Military assistance in other ways Yeah Helping train helping forces train that go there. there Right Um I don't so. think they need any uh, US dollars over there That's for sure <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, I did think it was interesting that, um, in addition to our destroyers, I think there's two or three now, the USS Carney is there as well as other ones. Uh, I, important for context, uh, these strikes from Yemen, and they're not just coming from, like, the corner here where the um, Al-Bab, uh, what is it called? Something, the st- Al-Manab Street? Oh, Al-Bab Street. I don't know. Something, sorry, I'm ignorant. But this the strait here between Djibouti and Yemen, right. They're firing missiles from there, which because it's right there where the ships have to cross. Mm-hmm. But they're also firing missiles longer range missiles into the Red Sea, as well as drone attacking them with drones. These are all weapons that they've procured from uh, Iran, okay who Iran is also backing Hamas, right. Um, I do think it's important to note that nobody has died, and none of these ships have been sunk by these attacks so far
1: did you see the uh there was a picture going around the other day of a an iranian drone i don't know what uh u.s ship it was but it was in that area and there was a an iranian drone and they were like pridefully speaking of being above them mm. and i don't know if this whole thing is true or not but then there's another picture of a u.s helicopter above the drone mm. just watching them watch yeah. the shit. yeah
0: i mean it wouldn't be surprised the u.s has always had aerial supremacy for sure but it does you know the 21st century and modern technology do threaten our aerial supremacy because especially specifically because of drones mm-hmm. now the these carriers that have been there their main function so far has been to shoot down these drones right i think i saw on the news the other day the uss carney shot down 14 drones Jeez. um but there you know the houthis have long been described as one of the most marginally suppressed groups in the world Mm -hmm. um but because of technology and and modern warfare they're evening the play field a little bit and they're of course they're saying like this is in support of palestine we will not stop doing this until israel stops bombing gaza um i mean
1: that explains the uh Numerous amounts of drones that they're just throwing out of there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And again, like this is, you know, this is Iran's support. And that's what the U.S. has been doing there since 2014, since Houthi rebels took the capital, is engaging in a proxy war with Iran. That's right. that's the whole point of us doing this. Um, and, you know, meanwhile, we'll say Saudi Arabia, yes, you can chop up journalists into bags and kill Jamal Khashoggi and embassy. And we're not really going to criticize you for that because we need your help in combating Uh, terrorism in this region it's really more probably for fucking oil money than anything but that's the pretext anyway i did think it was interesting that china has an anti-piracy task force in the red sea and they're not answering israel's distress calls um meanwhile you know the u.s is arming israel and and i just it's it's very funny robert kennedy talks a lot about how while the u.s has been uh building bases everywhere we just announced a new deal with finland to open up fourteen new bases. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, so Russia war is not ending anytime soon. Wow. Um, but yeah. RFK talks a lot about how while well we're doing that, China has been using the Belt and Road Initiative and other methods to build their soft power worldwide. Mm-hmm. And so now we have China there, like saying, "Okay, we're gonna do our best to um, protect our the you know the shipping needs we need. Right. For but sure. they're not responding to these Israeli distress calls. They're not trying to aggravate the. Um, the situation furthermore, mm. whereas the U.S. is like, we'll fucking shoot down your drones no right. matter what. right? Um, and, you know, it, China is now poising to take Taiwan. Oh, yeah. And for, you know, two, three, five-plus years now, the U.S. has been saying they're going to do it violently. And just recently the news has come out that they've been engaging in talks with different political groups and religious groups trying mm. to build their soft power again. So it, it is just an interesting way to see how different strategies – are engaged at a global level right China and the U.S. just re-engaged in military talks um, I think further signaling the U.S.'s acknowledgement that we're not there's not going to be a hot war with China just it's there's too much mutually assured destruction there yeah but also like we're probably not going to be able to uh, compete with them as not compete with but dominate them as a global hegemon yeah we're gonna have to come to some sort of agreement that says this is our half of the world. That's yours. Right. We'll do our thing here. You do your thing there. So I mean,
1: that's kind of the way that it should be. But I mean, I agree. listening to NPR this morning, apparently Xi Jinping, and I'm again, just saying this loosely, uh, Xi Jinping basically said to the White House, um, we are going to take back Taiwan and we need you to make a statement saying that you back us in that and Whoa. you will basically renege on your statements of saying that you will back Taiwan. Now we need your support. And the white house obviously refused to say that, but I mean, that's a pretty strong statement to ask the white house to say, I don't know, just backtrack what you said about Taiwan yeah. and then actually be pro us taking Taiwan. I don't
0: think the U S is going to do that. No, they already said no. Okay. But I mean, that's a hell of a thing to to ask, you know? Yeah. It's a big ask. Um, But back to the Houthis, I want to read this. This is from Yahya Sari, the spokesman of Yemen's armed forces. He says about America, they've they've tried us for nine years. If they want to do it again, we are here and ready. If America and Israel attack us, they'll commit foolishness they've never committed before. The response will be fierce. Now, obviously, America has far more firepower than Yemen. Right. But the balls, as a tiny little, you know, rebel-backed country to even do that. Um, I was listening to, I forget... I'll I'll put his name up in, in the post production, but there was a legal analyst um, on Chris Cuomo show last night who said that it's very likely that the U.S. strikes within Yemen's borders, mm-hmm. which could potentially be a global issue. I think it would be, and expand yeah. the conflict uh, sure. in a very real way. And then also, there's just the implications of you know where this is this is going to hurt people at the pump because of the shipping um, diversions and it kind of, and also you know while that's happening in uh the Panama Canal is also having a big problem because of um what's the word a drought oh really because you need a certain amount of water to operate the canal For so sure. yeah it's bringing up a larger conversation of deglobalization and saying is it really a good idea to have these supply chains be so global where mm. you know a fucking butterfly farts in Taiwan and now the whole world can't Screw get it Gizmos and gadgets. I think
1: people should start focusing on taking our taking care of your own. Oh, dude, we I I would love
0: to go back to just where everybody's growing their own food and yeah, hunting in your backyard. Yeah, and we re- honestly, what we need is a, an EMP or a solar flare <laughs> to just take. That scares the shit out of me. Uh, it scares me, but I also I'm like kind of like oh, I'm kind of be nice. Start over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. Before we move on to this from this issue, I do want to read this tweet from this girl, Sana Saeed. Um, Because I think it's a very good way to wrap it up. She says the most important context for Houthi involvement is that for a decade, Yemenis were starved and bombed by a U.S.-backed KSA slash UAE coalition, and it was allowed to happen. 85,000 Yemeni children starved to death. Over 300,000 Yemenis died during the war. 60 percent because of conditions created and that's i don't know if you're listening before but i was playing a video from dave smith where he talked about how a lot of the deaths in yemen were from cholera Mm -hmm. which vastly affects old old people and children yeah um and i do think that's kind of um it's not reflective but it's um it rings true and it reminds us now of the conditions now in gaza where Mm -hmm. a lot of People are dying from starvation. They're right. literally counting the calories that they need to survive. Which by the way, is that used to be Israel's job. Mm-hmm. People like don't realize this, but Israel literally had a program where they were like sending food in by the calorie to make right. sure people because wow. Israel controlled Gaza. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's all I have on that. Um we will move do you have anything else? No. No. Okay. Good. We will move on to the big story of the day. All right, on to Colorado, where Colorado's Supreme Court, state Supreme Court, in a divided four to three ruling, declared former President Trump ineligible from the state's Republican primary, Republican presidential primary, under the auspices of the Fourteenth Amendment Section Three, the Insurrection Clause. Uh, briefly, I just want to read Section Three. No person shall be a Senator or Representative in Congress, or Elector or President. And vice president or hold any office civil or military under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid, comfort, aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. Um, that is why it's also known as the Insurrection Clause. I, I think it's important to note that the state also decided to pause the decision until January 4th, which is one day before the deadline for certifying candidates before their March 5th primary. And they also stipulated that if Trump decides to appeal to the Supreme Court, which he definitely will, for sure, um, that the pause will remain in place to the ruling. So he will be on the ballot.
1: Yeah, I mean, just quickly notate, though that that four three split, mm-hmm. four Democrats to three Republicans. Like, sh- no, sh- it's no. not. No,
0: all seven are are Democrats.
1: I I really yes. Shit. Okay, never mind. Well, Take I, it back. You,
0: you know, it, it, it's tricky because uh, Supreme Court justices are not supposed to be considered Democrat or Republican. It's supposed right. to be a partisan body. But right. the conventional wisdom is that you consider someone to be on on a Supreme Court to be. Republican or Democrat, based on who appoints them. Okay. In the United States Supreme Court, you know, we have presidents that are Republican and Democrat elect, you know, um, appointing people. Mm -hmm. Colorado has, uh, I can't even remember the last time they had a Republican governor. It might not be ever. Right. I don't know. So all seven of them were appointed by Democrats. Oh, okay. Um, One thing I do think is interesting is the four-three split. Mm -hmm. The four who voted in the majority to remove him from the ballot are all Ivy League justices was the three who didn't all went to the university of denver for their jd interesting isn't it shout out president gay plagiarism queen um i wanted to read this little bit from the majority opinion it said quote we conclude that because president trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under section three it would be a wrongful it would be a wrongful act under the election code for the secretary to list president trump as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot that's it The role of the secretary, the secretary of the state, Jenna, I think her first name is Jenna Griswold. It's the the actual decision itself is to tell her to remove him from the ballot. Right. Um, And she, you know, I'll play a little clip from her right here because she said something interesting. I agree with the Colorado Supreme Court's decision. I have said time and time again that I believe that Donald Trump incited the insurrection. Uh, And also, there shouldn't be some loophole in the U.S. Constitution allowing the president but no one else
1: to engage in insurrection and then serve in office again. But with that said, I will follow the law in the United States Constitution because unlike
0: Donald Trump, I believe that's what elected officials should be doing. And if a court decides that he is on the ballot, I, of course, will follow that. I swore to uphold the Constitution. That is exactly what I will do. Uh, And I, I think Donald Trump, when he swore to uphold the Constitution, should ask himself whether he has been successful on his oath of office. The majority before Ivy League justices were Justices Richard Gabriel, Melissa Hart, Monica Marquez and William Hood. The dissenting justices included the court's chief justice, Brian Boatwright, as well as Carlos Samor and Maria Birkenkotter. And again, they all attended the University of Denver for law school. Uh, The majority also contended that if they were if they were to rule in Trump's favor, quote, Colorado could not exclude from the ballot, even candidates who plainly do not satisfy the age, residency and citizenship requirements of the presidential qualifications clause of Article two and quote, it would mean that the state would be powerless to exclude a 28-year-old, a non-resident of the United States, or even a foreign national from the presidential primary ballot in Colorado. So interesting there that they're kind of saying—and But by the way, all seven of these justices, mm-hmm. as well as the, um, the, the trial court judge who—this got bumped up to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. after it was started in a trial court where the judge who— literally donated to causes that were like, uh, I hate Donald Trump, Um, still said, no, he should be allowed to be on the ballot. Right. Um, But everyone all agrees that he did cause an insurrection, which is interesting, even the dissenters. Mm -hmm. The dissenters, and there's three kind of very different dissenting opinions, and we'll get into a couple of them, but they're all saying, well, it's due process is the issue. So... Um, like Chief, the Chief Justice Boatwright said the case exceeded the scope of Colorado's election code. And then Justice Samore, in his dissent, he quoted former Supreme Court Justice Solomon P. Chase, who also served as Lincoln's Treasury Secretary, who said, quote, Now it is undoubted that those provisions of the Constitution, which deny to the legislature power to deprive any person of life, liberty, or prosperity, without due process of law, or to pass a bill of attainder or an ex post facto, are inconsistent in their spirit, and general purpose with a provision which, at once without trial, deprives a whole class of persons of offices for cause, however grave. Basically saying, you can't, no matter how bad you think what somebody did is, you can't deny them the ability to be on a ballot without due process. Right, right. Which, the, the right. whole thing about due process is he's never been convicted of a crime. Mm-hmm. He's actually never even been indicted for this particular crime, for sure. um, insurrection. right. And it's sort of a court saying unilaterally, well, no, we just don't want him on the ballot.
1: Yeah, they're just making a decision and and trying to roll with it. But what they don't realize, I mean, they they have to realize what they're doing is that they're just making him more popular. Like, it's when you – they're obviously digging their heels into the ground, but – I don't know how this could. This is not going to work in their favor. It's literally going to do the exact opposite. Everything. No, that they it's going to make sense, him more powerful. Yeah,
0: it's a thousand percent because it's going to go to the Supreme Court, where uh, many of those justices are. A majority of the Supreme Court is Republican, or at least Republican appointed. Right. And yeah, there are. I think it's very likely, and many legal analysts say that it's very likely that they will uh, reject this. Mm-hmm. And then here you're going to have Trump go. Look at the Justice Department. They're all against me. It's a witch hunt. Like, again, you're just emboldening him. They really are, yeah. Um, I want to read a tweet from this woman, Megan McArdle. And this kind of sums up my sentiments because I, again, I've said it before on this podcast, I've never voted for Trump. I still plan on voting for RFK in 2024. I don't, I don't think I'll ever vote for a candidate from either of the two major parties again because I just think two-party partisan politics are such horseshit. It's just a way to... Keep the corporations happy yeah. with the uniparty and pretend we have uh, controlled opposition, but
1: they're both equally as greedy and this, equally as controlled.
0: This is Megan Mcardle, who I forget who she is. I, I, I don't know if she she's a journalist and columnist for is it WaPo? Um, yes, it is Washington Post. And she said, "I was anti-Trump before many progressives. I think he's absolutely toxic." I just don't subscribe to the stiltskin theory of the judiciary where if judges can just find the right combination of magic words, you can make political problems go away. Using procedural rules to alter the outcome of the 2024 election by keeping a major party nominee off the ballot in one or more blue states does not solve the political problem of Trump's attacks on the legitimacy of U.S. elections. It exacerbates them by staging your own attack, mm-hmm. which is 100%. That's what they're doing. They're saying, right. okay, Trump we believe that you are a threat to democracy. So we are going to be a threat to democracy. Right. Like it's literally Rumpelstiltskin is such a good way to say it because it's like, uh, Hmm. The, like, how do I put this? They're, they're saying like the, the potential that democracy will be attacked is so important that we have to attack democracy. We got to attack first. Like it's like a, it's circular logic. Yeah. Uh, And it is, it's a hundred percent going to embolden him. It's going to embolden his supporters. He was already—he's uh, the front runner by a mile in the GOP, and he's also the front runner in the general because—and not, in my opinion, necessarily because he's great or even because these attacks have emboldened people, just because of how miserably poor of a candidate Joe Biden is. Right. But even so, like, I—I I think if the Democrats did swap out Biden for Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom or even Hillary, as toxic and as much baggage as she has any one of them has a much better shot against trump than biden for sure but now if they do that it it, it, trump has another arrow in his sling of saying like look what they're doing to me they're you know like they're trying to get him besides colorado the 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 civil case in new york is like he overstated the value of his properties like we went from he's a russian asset to uh he lied about his condo like like it's just it all goes in favor of his arguments, which I they're don't.
1: Just, they're just splitting hairs at this point and finding whatever they can to just, mm-hmm. they're just throwing things at the wall, basically.
0: And seeing what sticks. Exactly. And Trump, he said the, the, on Truth Social, the last time the Democrats took someone off the ballot was 1860, which is true because this provision mm-hmm. is was supposed to be made for um, former Confederate generals so that right. they couldn't take office. But, and this is what the judge who rejected the case in the trial court before it got bumped up to the Supreme Court, that apparently a lot of legal scholars and analysts say that the Article 3 should not apply to presidents and, and vice presidents.
1: Somebody who's already been in office.
0: Right. But he said the last time the Democrats <clears throat> took someone off the ballot was 1860. They would not allow a man named Abraham Lincoln to be so much as mentioned in, quote, slave states.
1: Um, Whatever the opposite, I mean, is there actually a term for the opposite of an insurrection? I don't know. 'Cause I mean that's
0: basically what they're doing at this point. The opposite of an insurrection. Yeah. Um no, I don't I guess it's just like Russia. I don't know. What they <laughs> and that, I think a lot of people have made that point. I think that's a good point. Robert F. Kennedy has said some stuff. Douglas McGregor has said some stuff that this is some real banana republic shit. Because oh, yeah. in, in Russia they have elections. In um what's like another authoritarian state? Congo right now is having problems with their elections mm-hmm. because of, you know, uh literally smudged ballots. But In all these countries, they have elections where, like, someone wins 92% of the vote because the candidate that they put up against them is a fake candidate. And, like, uh, that's kind of what's happening here. I want to read the RFK tweet. RFK says, In so-called banana republics in authoritarian countries, voters can only choose from a slate of officially approved candidates. It's starting to look like that here, too. Colorado Supreme Court ruling makes America look like a banana republic. Why doesn't every American understand that if they can do this to a former U.S. president, everyone is vulnerable to punishment for crimes with which they have, not, have never been convicted. Democracy would be in total shambles. I gotta agree with you there, Bobby. Desert. All right, and here's, a, here's another tweet, and this is kind of the, the point I want to get to. This is from Glenn Greenwald. Trump's first indictment was from a liberal Manhattan prosecutor. His other state case is from the Dem party machine in Atlanta. His two federal cases are under the Biden DOJ, and now a Colorado court full of Dems just banned him from the ballot. Again, playing with fire. That's kind of my point, is they're building him into a monster. They they already have. Now they're just feeding them. But two weeks ago, we talked about how much free airtime he got in 2016, an unprecedented amount. They built right. him. And then, you know, these are the people, the Atlantic, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, they all told us how much of an existential threat he was right. for four years while he was in office. Mm-hmm. And then when he was gone, they wouldn't shut the fuck up about him. St- they have, I, don't, I would... Be curious to see a
1: graph of how much they spoke to spoke about him when he was in office to yeah. when he was not in office.
0: Because they need him, right? They need him for views. They're, yeah. they're they have a uh, a codependency. They're literally a toxic couple. Oh yeah, because he needs them too for as much as he hates them. Yeah, and he knows how to play the game to like but
1: make them talk about him. Then the left does st- stuff like this, and then it just all again it just makes the stories
0: even more viewership even higher. And and, and so. You know, all these people, the uh, the Keith Olbermanns of the world, the Rick Wilsons from fucking Lincoln Project and this shit, they've been calling him Hitler for seven-plus years now, and now he's finally leaning into it because mm-hmm. I, I think the word Hitler, the word Nazi, the word racism, these words have all lost all their teeth because of how often they get used in the wrong context. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, and he finally responded, and he's co- like, he quoted Mein Kampf, and he was like, he was like, oh, I've never read it, but like, you know, if the shoe fits...
1: They're ruining our country. And it's true. They're destroying the blood of our country. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. They don't like it when I said that. And I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that in a much different way. know, they're coming from all over the world, people all over the world. We have no idea. They could be healthy. They could be very unhealthy. They could bring in disease that's going to catch on in our country, but they do bring in crime but they have them coming from all over the world and they're destroying the blood of our country. They're destroying the fabric of our country.
0: He's leaning into it and right. it is scary. Like, that for, is scary. For everyone that I, I know, plenty of people who like Trump and love Trump and you know, I don't, I'm not one of these people that thinks you're uh, a deplorable if you voted for Trump. It's half the fucking country. Like, mm. These are just people with a different perspective than me. But uh, this is the first time in my life that I'm saying, okay, now he kind of is scaring me right. because he's leaning into it. But it's understandable. Like, they're backing him into a corner. Yeah. And I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be... I don't know. I hope that, you know,
1: the the laughs only go so far with that. But, I mean,
0: it's it's almost like meet your maker type thing. It's scary, dude. Yeah. I, I don't know. What's gonna, 2024 is going to be explosive, in my opinion. It is
1: definitely going to be explosive. I mean, I don't want to use that term explosive, but, yeah, it's...
0: Definitely gonna be something. That's all I had for that. Do you have anything else? No. Okay. Let's let's move on to our last story here. Julian Assange. Ah uh, yes. Whose extradition hearing is or is it is it an extradition hearing?
1: It's no. So it's just um, from what I understand, it's two judges meeting to uh, review his appeal. Okay. To be extradited. Um, uh, and that's not happening until February 20th and the 21st. Um, but it was earlier ruled that he could not appeal his extradition. Now they're going to sit down for two days and okay. so,
0: so they're going to review whether or not he's entitled to an appeal. To an appeal to the extradition. So, yes. so for some context, Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks publisher, has been rotting in a cell. Um, I can't remember when he was transferred to the... whose embassy was it? Some South American country's embassy in London, Uh Um, and he is on trial. He is um, accused of stealing state secrets. I think he's going to be uh, potentially prosecuted under the Espionage Act. I think so. Um, I, me personally, I just like I can't believe what a travesty it is to um, jail somebody for explaining to the public that your government is spying on you, which is what he did Yeah, as well. You know, he's released a lot of secrets. Um, and I think the argument is that he's exposing sources and methods and potentially putting us operatives in at risk and in danger. But so is the U S government. Like they've, they put people in danger for literally the entire existence or at least since like, you know, the post Eisenhower, uh, deep state. Yeah. Um, and and I, the reason I wanted to talk about that specifically is obviously because that's news. Right. But I did want to bring to people's attention that Mike Pompeo, the former U.S. Secretary of State under Donald Trump, who is still a uh, public figure walking around doing media hits, literally tried to have Assange murdered in broad daylight right. in the streets of London. And like, I just wanted to bring that to the attention of the people. I mean,
1: that's got to be, I mean, just think about the outcome of... of- what they're trying to do like this guy is like you said showing the american people hey you know can't mm-hmm. really trust your government they're trying to you know put him away for life and then and he's he's dying in the yeah. prison he's I been think in his, what was it like his brother's been campaigning for him
0: yeah and his for wife tucker carlson just visited him recently yeah
1: yeah and they're using saying
0: like look he's dying in there he is yeah i mean it's 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 actually cruel and unusual right it's potentially Violating the Geneva, the Geneva Convention, he's being held in conditions that like we reserve for like mass murderers and like right. genocidal maniacs. Yeah, all for publishing. And, and again, I'll play this clip from Vivek Raswamy.
1: So, what is your position on Julian Assange?
0: Pardon day one.
1: Okay, moving on. Um, I said
0: that. I said that for, I've, see, I have a long list of day one pardons. He's on it, and the reason why is, among other reasons, Chelsea Manning, the government you know, employee who leaked to Julian Assange, had her sentence commuted, effectively got pardoned by President Obama. Why? Because she's transgender. I have doubts of whether she's transgender or not. She might just be smart, knowing that's exactly what you had to claim to be in order to be a politically favored member to get clemency from the Obama administration. But regardless, Julian Assange, the guy who just published it, sitting in foreign exile in some prison, that's wrong. He's on my, and it's it's a, no, not small list of day one pardons, but he's on my list of people who will get pardoned and he will be a free man in the United States of America on January 20th 2025. Ram is just saying like yeah if this if the person who leaked the information to him is now free then i how is he not? Right. And it's because he embarrassed the security state. You can't embarrass the US security state. Right. They will get you. And i wanted to bring that to attention just to say just like RFK said about uh, you know if they can do this to a former US president they can do it to you. If they can do this to Julian Assange, they can do it to anybody. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all I wanted but to say about just,
1: that. I mean, obviously they're trying to make an example out of him for for doing that, but you know,
0: at the end of the day, exactly. Yeah. All right, so that's that very that was very brief and um slightly depressing. So I wanted to end it on a high note here. If you would just play the last video, I wanted to show for people. My boy George Santos New York's very own um, embattled former congressman. I think he was the first congressman to be removed in like a hundred years. I can't remember now, but why don't you go ahead and- Can I list civil rights icons and you tell me what they mean to you? Marsha P. Johnson. Very
1: respectful, honorable person. <laughs> keep going.
0: Respectful and honorable about what? Uh, on all the stances and all the work. Everything. Marsha P. Johnson? Yeah. What does that mean? Just keep going. Next. Do
1: you don't know her. Yeah, She's... I do.
0: Keep going. Do you? I do. Go. Just keep going. James Baldwin. Huh? James Baldwin. Who the hell is James Baldwin? Who's James Baldwin? I, I just thought that was so hilarious because first of all, shout out Marsha B. Johnson, New Jersey's very own, mm. but uh, she is way more obscure of a figure than James Baldwin. Yeah. And I it's it seems it was such like a textbook case of like pathological lying, where he knew he could get away with the first lie. Oh yeah. But because she pressed him on it, she's he's like I can't lie about not knowing James right, Baldwin. Right, right. So I don't he was know like. That one. But I just love even the smirk of like move on. Yeah. yeah right, yeah, right, no, no, right, no. right. I know, I know, I, I know, I'm lying. You know, I'm lying. Right. But let's just let's just move on
1: i forget what she said to him specifically in this interview but he basically said like you need me and it was just talking about like for viewership for everybody yeah, I, yeah. exactly i forget what she said but he's like you need me dude he's making bank on oh, cameo yeah, yeah like 500
0: dollars a cameo and i've seen like 40 of them that's insane he's
1: not going anywhere
0: i mean i think he's gonna be the president by 2036 <laughs> at this rate yeah I, i'm not even kidding um what else? is Idiocracy say about? will have fully become a Exactly. Yeah. It's so funny too that that clip started. I highly recommend everyone to watch the whole twenty minute interview. I'm sure everybody has because it's, nobody really cares about politics in this country unless it's scandalous. Yeah, yeah. Um. But it's so funny where he's like he pulled her aside. He was like, "Can we just like, like be mindful of the DOJ stuff?" <laughs> Hilarious. All right. That's all we have. It's uh, how much? What time are we at? Not too long of an episode for folks to digest all that. There were a few more things I wanted to cover today. Quinnipiac released its latest poll. Nikki Haley caught up to Ron DeSantis. Um, The U.S. public is souring on Israel. The support for Israel has been steadily declining while they uh, continue their ground operations in Gaza. Uh, There were a couple more things, and I covered it in the top, but Javier Malay is kind of instituting his reforms while also, like, really cracking down on individual liberties which is kind of ironic right uh what else there's so much going on in the world man yeah exactly um but we'll leave you guys at that we'll be we will be back next week um i've been very encouraged with the viewership we've been getting on our shorts we have fifteen thousand views on our first three um that hasn't quite yet translated to bigger viewership on the video episodes but the podcast is doing well um on the audio feed. So please, if you're listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and, and follow us on Spotify or, or Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts or everywhere. Um, and also please do us a favor and fo- subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on social media. We are at next gen forward on Instagram and Twitter. That's next gen, the number four W A R D. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well. The, the whole word next gen forward F O R W A R D. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Much appreciated.